Hey, Winston, you look like you got something on your mind. What's up? Well, Charles, we've been talking a lot about what it takes to run and grow a scalable business. That's right. Three episodes now up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and it feels like a lot of what makes a successful expansion attempt is the talent. Well, you're not wrong. All the market data and strategy in the world will fall apart if you don't have the right people on board to execute your vision. Right, but is that it? Well, definitely not. Because similarly to what I've said earlier, you can have all the right recipes to a successful expansion endeavor, but all that can fall apart if you're not set up to survive in an economic downturn. And that's something a ton of businesses have only begun to realize the past couple of years. You know, the market landscape and the conditions are really showing that you need to survive and have your business thrive and not expect another round of funding until probably closer to the end of 2024. Okay, who's this now? Well, that would be a good friend of mine, Kevin Sutantio, who's partner of Sovereigns Capital, a VC firm that invests in early stage companies. But before we talk more about his perspectives on scaling and expanding in tough times, how about you bring the show in? Of course. Welcome to Unstoppable Expansion, a podcast by TechInAsia and GP, where we're going to discuss some of the strategies every business needs to know to be able to thrive in any economic climate. I'm Winston Tsang, Managing Editor of TechInAsia Studios. And I'm Charles Ferguson, APAC General Manager of GP. So how did your conversation with Kevin go? I can't imagine he just said that when the headwinds hit, it's just tough luck and good game until the economy gets better. Oh, of course not. But he did reiterate a lot of the points that our previous guests talked about on the show. Going into a new market, it's really like starting a whole new business because you don't necessarily know what the conditions are like on the ground, how the culture is like. And so you have to be prepared for that. You have to be funded well enough for that. And we like to say only consider it after two things. Number one, you feel like you have not necessarily just a dominance, but you have a really, really excellent growth and you're doing really well in your home market because you need to be able to do really well in your home market before you start thinking about going outside. And secondly, we like to say wait for a pull rather than just a push. Let's just say a B2B startup. If you're servicing companies that do have multiple branches in different countries, are you servicing them well in your home country first? And then they are saying, hey, actually, in this separate market, they could really use your solutions. And then you're being led there instead of just trying to go in there cold. That sounds pretty familiar. It's a lot like what Ong of 2C2P said in our first episode where we discussed laying the foundations for a scalable business. And also what Engage Rocket's Dorothy Yu said in episode two, where we talked about overcoming barriers in expansion efforts. That's right. Kevin also agreed with a lot of what Aspire's Alan Jion Lee had to say about the importance of talent. You know, for companies that are looking to expand globally, I think that the reputation of culture really, really does attract the right talent. And so when you're looking to enter new markets to increase your reach, to increase your market, your increase your, your scale, uh, you do need the right talented people to execute that. It's very difficult to try to do just pure market growth just from one city all the way across the world at a different time zone. And so local on the ground knowledge by talented people, it goes back to something that, you know, you know, culture would help attract 
retain and help you scale. Nice to get validation from someone who's seen the startup story a few times, especially from a VC perspective. Yeah, Kevin even goes so far as to say that culture can be a competitive advantage, particularly during tumultuous times. We believe that culture is a competitive advantage. That's awesome. When you have a great culture. I think it's very simple when you think about it, right? That you take care of your team and your team takes care of your customers. So I definitely look for great character in people who do believe that, you know, people are not just robots, right? They're not looking to get something out of them, especially in a software company. People are your assets. And so definitely when you're looking at uh, survival through difficult times, through times where growth may seem flat, I believe that companies with strong cultures will eventually win out. Okay, so all the wisdom we've picked up from previous guests remains true, but you said that there's more to it than just the right foundations, the ability to overcome challenges in a foreign market, and recruiting and retaining the right talent. Yes, I did. And that's because you also need to be plugged into the market. For businesses in Southeast Asia particularly, we actually have the benefit of looking west to project how the economy here might slow or grow in the next few months. You have to start from the source of funds, you know, perhaps even looking at the U.S. Fed. They could still be raising their rates. That means the cost of capital is still high. The IPO and M&A markets are still a little bit slow. So this starts to trickle all down. That makes sense. Uh, so when things are slowing down, don't go gangbusters spending a buttload on an aggressive expansion. Right. But it also means that you have to be prepared for everything to change in a snap. But I do believe that, you know, that better times are coming. That to say, however, when you're looking at growth opportunities, I would say my theme for 2024 would be plant your seeds, cultivate your relationships, be ready to harvest at any given opportunity, but have patience and don't be disappointed with just slower organic growth. For example, during my conversation with Kevin, he actually brought up an example that Indonesian founders or business leaders with a presence in Indonesia might find extremely relevant to their endeavors. Indonesia in particular, next year we have our presidential elections. So that's happening in February 14th of 2024. So that's your trifecta of Valentine's Day. Our Catholic friends have Ash Wednesday and presidential elections. And one other thing, too, is that if no party out of the three candidates gets a majority, then we have a runoff that goes until around the end of June. Wow. And so the repercussions of that is, is that the largest market in Southeast Asia may have certain decisions from the corporate side be postponed until there's just more clarity. I'm very confident that this is going to be a peaceful election, a good transition. It looks like all parties are business friendly. But a lot of times, you know, just people just don't want to have this extra uncertainty. And so I've seen from our companies on the ground that they're cultivating these good relationships. They're continuing just to talk with them, build that deep relationship that's needed in Southeast Asia B2B and waiting. They're waiting for, okay, you know, when will be the green light? 
Right. So you're saying that companies should be ready to capitalize on any opportunity and prepare for all possibilities, while at the same time being a little bit more bullish on their projections if there's uncertainty in the market. Either that or your strategy to meet those projected goals has to be adjusted realistically to how the market is performing. And Kevin gave an example of this as well. Talking to my friends in other markets, in Vietnam, in the Philippines, that I feel are really good growth opportunities, they're all doing well too. I think that we're all growing at like 5%, you know, GDP. That's great. And so that's good. But if your company has 20% year-on-year growth expectations, I would say that what you would need to achieve that is more of a plan to take market share away from your competition rather than just to ride this wave up. So it's doing well, you know, despite what's going on, you know, given this global landscape. But I think we're still susceptible. We're still susceptible to exports and, you know, global, global demand. So I would say that 2024 is a year to be patient. The year to be patient. It sounds like a tagline. It does indeed. And this is especially so for startups who are seeking investments because VCs like Kevin don't just dole money out willy-nilly, even if the economy is starting to improve. Yeah, a lot of my friends and colleagues in the industry are being patient at this time. So we're not sure if the bottom has hit for Southeast Asia. Everyone most certainly hopes so. But as always, this region is optimistic. Like we're feeling it. It's just that, you know, now we're looking at our valuations matching, you know, our expectations. So we do believe that there's plenty of good opportunities. We're seeing a lot of good companies come back that we've talked to months ago with traction and with a tempered valuation expectation. And I believe that a lot of my colleagues are still able to deploy and able to deploy at valuations that does make sense for returns on their portfolios. That's exciting. People are patient. And, you know, given our investment deployment cycles, generally about four years, we do have time and we don't all have to just fire out that money out the gates in the first year or so. So what can companies do in times like today? where we're not exactly in the troughs of a black swan event, but we're still far from being at the peak of economic stability. Well, Kevin actually has some thoughts on that. I think that now is a great time to not just reflect, but to focus inwards a little bit, right? Obviously, look at your culture, look at your team, look at your ops. Is there a way that you can be more efficient in gross margins, you know, in your operational excellence, in your execution? And so when the market does upturn, you're prepared for it and things are, you know, really good. I would say that when you put money towards growth, that you're not just burning, but you have great profitability. So this is a great time to focus inwards and to look at your efficiencies. This is an opportunity as well for companies to upsell and cross-sell, you know, and increase purchasing for their existing customers during this time where perhaps new customers may be hesitant to come on board. That's good advice. It really is. But now I'm wondering about companies that were attempting an expansion and then just got blindsided by some unforeseen circumstance. Or maybe just one of the billion things goes wrong and they have to pull out of a market that they had just begun setting foot in. Well, sometimes in life, and even if an expansion attempt doesn't go as planned, you just have to take it as a learning opportunity. 
Oftentimes, it's worth a shot just because all of your data tells you that you should have tried to go in the market. But sometimes there's a lot of things like unit economics just don't make sense. Your price points that you're doing in your home market or even in a market you've expanded to just doesn't work in this other market. Or this, the culture is different, that your solution that you've tailored for your home market, it just doesn't quite work either because of the manpower that's available to them or it's just something that the market that you're trying to penetrate just doesn't necessarily need your solution or oftentimes it just means that they may not need your solution today but you know at a later stage it's more than possible for companies to go back into a market with the learnings that they have and i've even seen companies that have had failed attempts to enter a market come in via an acquisition later where they're able to just find a similar company on the ground that has done it well that just gets what the market needs and then it becomes part of a greater story so i applaud other you know the founders you know who look to expand and if it doesn't work out it doesn't mean they can't come back man being an entrepreneur sounds like so much work i have to say it does take a lot to run a successful business, especially during tough times. It's even harder to run a business that can thrive in any economic situation. One thing that struck me from my conversation with Kevin was this analogy that he shared with me. I'm going to take the analogy that I heard from one of my founders. So Moses from Zendit said it best. He said that it's like a Formula One race where you have a hard turn or a rounded corner that you have to decelerate through to make sure that you make the turn properly. But then once you have the line, then you have to accelerate through it. And so I believe that relates to exactly what we're going through now, that there will be a time that you as a company need to accelerate and you just have to make sure that you are in the right position to do so. Meaning, do you have enough fuel, runway, you know, capital to take advantage of this are you able to then cut your runway a little bit, but then accelerate your growth when the market shows that it can handle it? Do you have the right team structure right now? Do you perhaps have a team that is not optimized for this growth and not optimized even for today? So I believe that companies should be ready because this is just, these are just cycles and the US, other markets, they've been through many of these cycles. This is Southeast Asia's first tech cycle. And I'd like to tell everyone, I believe that we're going to come back up. It's just that, can you as a company be prepared to take advantage of it? And so it's not just surviving through, which is what every company does need to do during this time, but are you positioning yourself? Do you have enough fuel? to be able to accelerate through that curve. Right. So it's definitely not all doom and gloom. Oh, far from it, my friend. In fact, I think we're on the cusp of a new era. Once we get past this admittedly massive hurdle that's been the early 2020s, we'll be looking at an entirely different business landscape, one like we've never seen before. You know, Charles, you've given me a lot to think about over these past four episodes. Well, I'm glad we had a chance to chat. And I'm also incredibly grateful to you you, the listener, for tuning in. Make sure you check out the previous three episodes if you haven't already. 
Charles and I got into quite a few discussions around the topic of scalability and market expansions. And there's just so much knowledge and wisdom in those episodes that you definitely need to pick up. Definitely, you do not want to miss out. And if you like us enough or have any thoughts on this episode, make sure to let us know by giving us five stars and a nice review on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, if you're a business leader and thinking of or in the process of scaling your business and you'd like to know how we at GP can help you in your expansion endeavors, make sure to visit our website at www.g-p.com. For the last time for Unstoppable Expansion, I'm Charles Ferguson. And I'm Winston Tsang. Y'all take care.